Hey guys, Frank Cox here. We are live. It is happy hour. And uh, I just realized just this moment, I've only got a half a glass left and all the beers are out there in the garage. So I have a problem. Maybe uh, my beer assistant here will help me out and bring me two beers. Then I can actually do this podcast. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, you don't have to have a beer, but whatever you're having, it's Friday night and we all are happy and we're ready to get this show started. Um, got my buddy Shane from uh, SG Metalworks on here. He's out of California. I'm really excited. I'm going to bring him on here in a minute. Tonight's podcast, we're going to start out by getting to know Shane a little bit and his operation and things like that. And we're going to talk about the basic topic tonight is we're going to talk about how to marry up different kinds of fireboxes to cook chambers, like some round ones, some square ones, you know, different things like that. And uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. So anyway, if you're not already, grab a drink and uh, let's get into this thing. What's up, Shane? <laughs> it's not five o'clock where you're at, though. <laughs> it's Friday, so it's close enough. Close enough. We, we always, uh, Tom and I, at uh, the shop down here, on, at, it was 4.30 on Fridays, and we called that snack time. We didn't want to say beer time, so we said snack time. Yeah, That's when we kicked it back. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know him already, this is Shane Gonzalez from uh, California, SG Metalworks. I'm super glad to have him on here. He builds some really cool-looking pits, and uh, he's got a lot of experience behind him in welding and fabrication. We're going to get to know him tonight a little bit and uh, talk about what it's like to build pits in California also, because I know there's a, guy, a lot of guys wanting to know. So, uh, Shane, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your operation there. Well, um, I've been a welder fabricator for about 15 years. Um, worked for various different companies, you know, building all different kinds of stuff. You know, my, my background is more into hot rods and building cars. Uh, we still build cars, but not as much. She's kind of focusing on the smokers now. Um, so I just, I've been working, I was working for different companies for years and was finally fed up and said, I want to start my own thing. And, uh, I kind of started off in my garage, single car garage, um, you know, buying a, a welder and then buying a couple tools here and there when I started building up some money in about 2017, we just kind of started our shop, you know, open up an Instagram, just doing side stuff, you know, building, um, fences and like artwork stuff, nothing too, too crazy. Uh, we built a couple of Santa Maria's for some guys. And then uh, one of my buddies once hit me up, and he was like, hey, I want to build a offset smoker, a propane tank. At the time, he wasn't really uh, into welding that much. You know, he was getting into it. So I kind of helped him out with that. And um, he came at me in about, uh, say, about 2018. Uh, he asked me if I would help him build a 500-gallon smoker with a trailer and whatnot. And it was for a guy named uh, Danny. I forget his last name. Danny, but he's a Heritage Barbecue out here in Orange County. Um, cool. He built his first 500 on the side of my house in Fontana, fighting winds, fighting weather, fighting all the good stuff that we have here in Fontana. Um, so built that and then uh, kind of just waited around and started building up some money. And uh, in 2020 of March, I just said, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. I quit my job and started up my shop. And uh, that's when COVID hit. So it was kind of a little... Scary at the time, you know, starting with COVID. Mm -hmm. Just had a baby that was six months, and oh, wow. my wife was with me, and she backed me, and we 
said, let's do it. Um, so I kind of just put out there, um, you know, we can build some smokers, just trying to get any kind of work into our shop. You know, our shop is SG Metalworks, not SG Pits or SG Smokers. Um, we are a metal fanning shop. So kind of put it out there. And for about two years now, I've not been not booked with a smoker. Like, I'm always booked. We, we're <laughs> seven, eight months out all the time since day one. You know, so yeah. we both couple. We did a 250 in here, then a 500. And then it just kept snowballing into more and more and more and more. And to where it's kind of at today, you know, two and a half years later, we're blessed that we have what we have. And we just keep working hard and trying to pump out some nice stuff, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you build some killer pits. I I like those little roadsters you build, you know, like the 250s. And yeah. it looks like you even get into some 120s and stuff, huh? We, we, we do all different sizes from 80 gallons. I kind of try to eliminate the 80 gallons because they get a little tricky because they're so small. I mean, you work with doors. You know how it is when it's that tight of a, of a roll. It just – it's hard, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I, we'll, we'll do them if we can come across them and the price is right. But we don't 80 gallons all the way to 1,000 gallons and in, in my shop. So all different sizes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was looking a little bit. You can get the blue tanks out there. I've I seen you got a couple of them. Those are highly sought after, I the think, blue down tanks? in here. What are the blue tanks? Uh, they're just a blue paint on the oh, tanks. I, yeah. A lot of, a lot of I mean, uh, the last one you saw with the square firebox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that last one, that was actually, we made it look like that. So oh, did you really? We're kind of doing this new thing where we paint the tank beforehand, and then we build it. We fabricate it. So then it gets its natural scratches and its natural this and burn marks and all that. And then I'll go through and I'll hit it with a DA in a couple spots, and then we'll re-clear coat it, and then it'll bring it back to life. And everybody's like, wow, where'd you find a tank that color? <laughs> <laughs> so you, I can tell you. You had to make it. We can make any anything happen. You can make it any color you want, and we can – kind of do what you want you know so you you know that that's really something to talk about there probably just a little bit i mean i know sunny just did the root the root beer one that was awesome yeah and uh you know that was a killer paint job too he's like he did it first but i built a 120 that went to texas like four months ago before he did that so yeah it is what it is he's sunny he's mobile he gets to say that (laughs) a couple times on instagram yeah, yeah, he is. So, uh, but that's really a cool approach because like, you know, out here where we're at, uh, depends on your gas company, honestly, if you're getting tanks local, like what you're going to get. If everybody's a silver colored tank around you, good luck. It's all you're going to get is silver tanks, you know, um, or white. And then so you got to be creative. Yeah, we get a lot of white tanks out here, like a lot of white tanks. I mean, my yard right now is covered in white tanks. We have different options of, like I said, uh, we can paint it whatever color you want and then patina it. Uh, We can fully paint it. We can, you know, sandblast it. We can grind it down to make it shiny and clear coat it. So if you see on my page, we do all different types of colors and types of different finishes on our smokers. So, yeah, you know, that's something else I saw um, when I was combing through some of your pits. Like you'll do you'll get four of them ready with doors on stands, roll them outside, have the old boy come in. You know, and blast them. Do you blast inside and out? Uh, no, I, I have a guy, um, and he comes out, and I pretty much try and get like four or five pits ready. Saves me money because, you know, he comes out one time, it's five, about 500 bucks, no matter what. So if I can get four pits into that, it's worth it to me. I love to blast the insides just because 
who wants to go inside and grind inside of a tank? I know I don't. And I'm <laughs> too big for that. And my workers like feel bad when they do it. So usually I'll save me some money and we'll just blast the inside and fresh, you know, fresh new inside. You still get that propane smell until you burn them out, but yeah, you know, it's just a little extra something that we try to do. So, so one of our frequent uh, listeners here and a good friend is uh, BS underscore BBQ. And uh, recently here, he sprayed down the inside with vinegar and oh, okay. uh, power washed it. Dude, it came out like super clean. So I'm going to try that on my build I do that, that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the worst things about these tanks is this freaking smell. <laughs> like, you know, we're, 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 we're in the city out here. I mean, I mean, technically the city. But I do have neighbors, and I have people on the other side of our shops that have houses. Um, I've had the fire department call to me about four times. And they come up, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, making barbecues, man. Well, what's that coming from? I said, well, it's the additive that's in there. It's probably about this much. It's not a lot. It's not, not flammable. Nothing's flammable in this. All right. I was like, well, what can I do, man? You guys keep coming out with the fire department. And what can I do? He says, I don't know, keep working. I said, All right, I guess I'm gonna keep working. <laughs> You're doing nothing. Smell. It's an egg smell, it is what it is, you know. So yeah. yeah, I mean my my shop, I go over there every day and air it out. Right now, it is like rotten. I've got yeah. two of them uh AO Smith tanks from 1950 in there that's been been stinking it up, boy. And I mean, you'd think when you pull in the driveway, there's a gas leak or something. <laughs> It, I yeah. said, now, now it smells like a smoker shop. <laughs> I just, uh, I, that's my, my biggest thing is is that smell. It's just, I mean, it gives you headaches and whatnot. I mean, we deal with it, but I try. I just don't like the fire department coming and all that good stuff with it that has to come along with it. But, you know, a lot of my neighbors now, they understand. They they get it, you know, but uh, it is what it is in a way, you know. <laughs> I have to make money. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Hey guys, uh, this is my buddy Shane Gonzalez. If you're just now joining in, he's from SG Metalworks in California, and uh, we're going to talk tonight a little bit here and here in just a little bit. Once we get into show a little bit more, we're going to start talking about mounting fireboxes to your cooker and cook chamber and stuff like that. Um, he does a lot of different fit ups, and it's going to be cool to talk through that. And uh, if you have any questions for us, go ahead and start popping them down there in the comments. We're going to keep chatting here for a minute. And uh, just ask anything you want. Doesn't matter. We'll we'll hammer through it if you got a question. Um, it's always good to get another pit builder's perspective because I'm I'm used to talking to myself quite a bit <laughs> about stuff. So it, it's always awesome to hear another perspective. So anyway, yeah. um, so where so when you started building that 500 gallon, uh, just real quick, that first one for your buddy there. Uh, what did you do? Did you just kind of wing it or did you uh, did you look for ideas or how did you go about it? Yeah, well, my buddy, he's really heavily into barbecue. So he had a lot of the ideas and science down to it. Um, and so, yeah, you know, our firebox is way too low. Collector, our, our collector was way small in the way I do it now. Um, the stack was small. Like, yeah, it's our first pit, you know. Um, the trailer I kind of had down because I've already built trailers and stuff before. So we we had the science down to a certain level. I think he looked at that calculator that everybody uses. Um, mm -hmm. So from now to where we're at, it's totally different. Like yeah. we just worked with different things, raising fireboxes higher, seeing how that works. You know, doing bigger collectors, doing bigger stacks, taller stacks, shorter stacks, and just tweaked on different everything. But 
think now we have pretty much have the science down to where we want it, how I want my mm-hmm. firebox, where the great level is supposed to be. You know, great level is pretty much the same on a lot of these pits, but, um, you know, doing different size stacks and t- the height of the stack and all that, a lot of that does matter, you know. Yeah, um, it does. I mean, that's what a lot of people say. You can go to Frank, Aaron Franklin's shop, and he has, like, 20-foot stacks on a 1,000. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would have a backdraft, but I guess it doesn't. It must be working right, right? So, yeah, yeah. Rise over run, that's what we always said, because we used to have to run flues horizontal quite a ways in, in some basements with some boilers and stuff. Uh-huh. And as uh, long as we had more rise than we had run horizontal, you know, yeah. we was good. And and uh, you can make it do whatever you want it to do with the right math, you know. But Yeah, yeah and I've, heard, I've heard guys like, you need a eight-foot stack on a 1,000. I've seen guys put four-foot stacks. A lot of them, they all still work. They all still cook, you know. It might not draw <laughs> the way you want, but I think just the way that we have it and the way our science that we've done, um, it just works out for us in the long run, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. Results don't lie. That's at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? I'm seeing anybody calling back saying this thing sucks. It won't draw. It looks good, but it won't draw. I was like, I've never had that. So yeah, yeah, I I still have yet to put a half of a two fifty on a thousand gallon. That will happen. Yeah, um, it violates every bit of math I've ever said, but it works. So <laughs> I'm clearly wrong. So we'll see. Either I'm wrong, or there's another way to do it that I haven't like figured out yet but i still i've just stayed with our old school math all these years from roots back to alien barbecue and that's where the felden calculator and my calculator both came from you know those those roots and so you know we'll see whatever but i mean them boys are building a lot of them and they're working so let's figure out what it is yeah it's it's a cheaper way in my eyes to use a 250 or um you know like Use a round firebox because pretty much you're using another piece of a tank. And mm-hmm. to build nowadays, the, the way the price is on metal, to build a square firebox for a 1000 cost me about 1500 bucks just in material. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I if I do use a round, I mean, that's out here, we're paying upwards between a dollar, dollar fifty a gallon. So when we, you know, that's way cheaper than buying some quarter inch plate of, you know, steel that you need to build a firebox with. And then you got to weld the yeah. whole thing. So I'm just welding a cap on, you know. So yeah. So so you're saying that your propane tanks are running about a buck a gallon when you buy one buck buck fifty. Yeah, that's about right. We're about a buck a gallon, but it's like a buck a gallon, but twenty hours away or like ten hours away driving. <laughs> so either yeah. way, paying that extra, you know. There's a place I I go to Fresno sometimes to get tanks, and he's five or six hours from here, so. I do that in a day. I'll drive up there, grab them, turn around, drive back. I ain't got time to waste. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, a- so that was something I was going to ask you about is like, what's it like finding? Cause I can't tell you how many times a day I get a phone call trying to find a tank in California. Yeah. Like, it's it- very hard. Um, I get calls, I get text messages, I get emails, I get everything. And I tell them, look, man, I'm not going to drive 20 hours to sell you a tank for 200 bucks. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You, one, <laughs> you know, so, really, it's just like on the grind of looking, you know, Facebook, Instagram, not Instagram, sorry, uh, offer up all those in- Craigslist, all those. Um, that's really it. And then, I mean, you know, my buddy Titus and Kenny. Uh, yeah, he's together. on here. I'll sell him a tank when they need it. Oh, I need a 120. I got one. I need a five. Okay, let's switch. Like, we'll do that. Uh, we'll sell each other tanks. We always help each other out. So, 
Tiny's got me hooked up with the guys out in Fresno, and uh, they got a bunch of tanks out there that we can buy, but uh, we ain't telling nobody in Cali where that's at. So That's right. Don't tell nobody. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have a couple secrets. (laughs) Yeah. That's a little harder to give up. Um, And then a lot of times you get lucky and you got one around the corner and you just got to go swoop it up, you know? And we, we don't have a crane or nothing special, so we got cool ways of getting them on a trailer, you know, come along and whatnot, or whatever it takes, we, we make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you get calls, hey, I got some tanks, you want them? Sure, I'll even bring them to you. Well, even better, you know? That's cool. Yeah, what's it, what's it like with highway laws and stuff, hauling them out there? Uh, I don't know, I've never gotten... I've, uh, don't look back. <laughs> the most tanks I've towed at one time was 18 tanks in my truck. I had a 30 Hell foot... Yeah. A 30, I guess so, I'll send you a picture. On the foot, <laughs> I had, I would say, four in the bed of my truck, and then the rest on my on, on the trailer. And then my cousin had a, like a twenty foot trailer. He had a one thousand on there and a bunch of other tanks on there. So total, we had like twenty five or twenty six tanks on one trip. So yeah, see, see in Missouri, they don't even care. <laughs> like it's it's the old west out here still. Checkpoints and. They just go ahead. You're good to go. I mean, all the valves are off. They've been off for a while. The ones that we buy usually try to buy, and uh, it's not as bad. But that's the big thing. We always try to find them without the valves on. We know the valves have been off, and you're good to go. Yeah, I've I've had to haul a few of them with gas in them. (laughs) So I'm always like, because that's like hazmat. (laughs) We just go up north. It's a little different from from SoCal. Um, Yeah. Because like more open country field, like sometimes I'll if I have gas in one, like we'll stop and we'll just crack it in the middle of the field and let it go. You know, nobody's around until like that couple gallons is out of it. Um, but I've had some that have had half a tank, <laughs> you know, two hundred fifty gallons and a five hundred gallon. You're like, what am I gonna do with this? So yeah. you know, you can put you can put a torch on it, burn it out for a while, but it takes days to do that. So heat the shop. Yeah, that's what we did. Shop. We we heat the shop. California, this is Rialto. It's probably rains and cold here about six days six days out of the year. So yeah. right now, two degrees in Cali. Oh wow! Yeah. That's sandals. So, uh, sandals. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit chilly here today. <laughs> but uh, well, awesome, man. That's great. So. Let's get into some technical stuff here. As as far as like, uh, so do, is that what you do on your design? Do you use like, on, have you built many thousands? Number one, um, have you built many? No, I've actually only built one. To be honest, okay, uh, I've built one. I do have like three or four lined up coming up. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference from a one thousand to a two fifty? It's just the size of the yep. tank, right? So, yep. From my eighty gallon to my thousand gallon is pretty much the same. Just mm-hmm. a big scale, and it's and then it, the add-ons like we have different kind of add-ons like vents on firebox doors, you know, counterweights and stuff like that, collapsible stacks and whatnot. Uh, but mm-hmm. other, usually, pretty much the same. Only thing we do ever change every now and then if the customer asks for it was we'll do the ninety-degree Moberg elbow, I guess everybody calls it. Uh, we yeah. do that on our one thousand that we just did. Uh, but other than mm-hmm. that, they're all pretty much the same, you know. And then just stack mm-hmm. size and firebox size. Yeah, I, I like your collector box because you're doing a radius plate on that instead of the instead of blocking. You exactly. know, I, I like that radius. That looks pretty cool. 
you know, we we try to do like nice curves and nice everything rounded and everything kind of smooth. That comes from my my background of building cars, you know. And, and yeah. less is more. Like something yeah. clean, simple, a badass smoker that has a nice paint job that just clean welds and everything to me is just that's where it's at. No offense to these guys that are doing all the stars and whistles and all that hinges and that's cool and all. It's just just not my style, you know. Yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to my bro Aaron here real quick, Aaron Voigt, because I always talk about like everything back in the 60s and the 50s, like everything had curves, you know, and it was just sexy, you know, and, and Aaron's got that eye, you know, yeah. it's, it's a car guy thing, I think. I was I was a I, I tease him about it because he's got that eye, you know, for for lines and curves and stuff. Us tenors. Like I was a tenor in in the refrigeration trade, you know, for years. And everything's got to go, you know. We're just moving air, <laughs> so there there was nothing cool about that. <laughs> but, yeah, we, you know, we round everything off. We'll round the doors off, the trim, round everything off on our, you know, on the inside. Anything that could almost kind of cut you, we round all that off just to make sure that yep. this looks safe and you know, safe also, you know. Yeah, and that's the first thing Bob does when Bob Moffat comes to my shop. The first thing he freaking does is grab a grinder and go around to everything in my shop. And he knocks all the cor corners and all the sharp edges off. <laughs> so I, I'm terrible. I, I did, I'm just terrible about it, but I laugh about it too. So, yeah. <laughs> but as far as building goes, uh, so you like uh, trim on the inside or trim on the outside, you think, of your doors? We do trim on the outside. Um it helps with tweaking the door and kind of hiding the little seams every now and then if you have to. That's why I like to fully weld my doors in. Um, but yeah, I never done. I sometimes I do trim on the inside also to help with that smoke that wants to you know escape through those little bit of gaps that you do get. So we'll do both sometimes, but a lot of times I just do trim on the outside. But if the customer asks for it, we'll definitely do a trim on the inside also. So so what is your secret to keeping doors from walking when you're welding that trim full? All the way uh, around. Do you mind revealing that? Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, I just tacked I tacked the whole door in. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll put my – well, first things first is I pre-roll the side straps. So we pre-roll okay. those. So that elim eliminates the tension that it goes under. So a lot of guys will tack it and bend it, tack it and bend it. So that's under tension. So if you eliminate that, yeah, it's one, one less thing you got to worry about. So I'll pre-roll them, and then I'll make them – I don't know, four inches longer than it should be, tack them on the top, tack them on the bottom, and then I'll run my top and bottom strap, and I'll tack those in too, and then fully weld. Let it cool, let it cool, almost let it cool till the next day. Then when you come <laughs> and then you cut it out, and if you hear that pop, or if you don't, then you know you did a good job. So that's, that's awesome. Usually yeah, so, so do you employ gussets or anything on the inside to, nope. to trim, to tune? Yeah. You know, I saw something really dang cool the other day, and I don't know why. I feel like an idiot for not thinking about it before, but I've always talked about these porta powers and stuff and using those for, for tuning things, you know, because trim on the inside, yeah. you got to push that tank, you know, to get it right, you know, and, and there's a lot more to see. Yeah. So, uh, but, so I've always talked about porta powers and blocks and moving the earth like Atlas does, you know, and all that stuff, trying to get stuff round, you know, or match. And I saw a dude, I don't even remember who it was, but I should have saved the picture or done something. Uh, but a dude used, he modified one of those ratchet binders 
like you ratchet down chains, mm-hmm. you know, like a chain binder. He modified one of those to tune his doors. I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. Because, wow. you know, everybody's got probably a ratchet binder laying around. I thought that was a good way, a good trick. Chain link on the inside, hook that chain link with the binder and freaking go, you know. It was, was a that cool setup. Money Fab that did that? I think I thought I seen him. Do I don't that. know. It might have been Chris, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of times, um, what I do is I, I'll I'll weld my hinges in or I'll cut the line on top, I'll weld the hinges in, and then I'll cut the whole door out. I just to me trying to finagle a door back up there and holding it just doesn't work. And then from there, I mean if I ever do have a big sink on the tank or something, yeah, I'm taking the door off and we're we're doing that. I had that happen to me one time where we cut the top line and literally the tank and the door went like this. Like no joke. Yep. I come up there, I'm like what the what why is this doing this um so long story short i didn't have a port of power at the time so what i did is i welded I cut the hook off the tank and then i welded the hook right where it needed to be where the, the sink was hooked up my forklift up to it picked it up with the forklift and just heated it underneath oh. heated it until the tank passed the door and then let it cool and then it sunk right back in it was like Perfect. Bingo. <laughs> That's cool. Got <laughs> it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, there's definitely a skill to just knowing what to do, you know, when it comes to that stuff. Well, like uh, like said it itself, it said it best. If you think you got metal figured out, you don't have metal figured out yet. That's right. That's <laughs> you, get a, you get a lot more to learn, don't you? It, 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 I mean, I've been doing it 15 years, and I still sometimes like, how did this happen? Like, amazing how the metal twisted or did this or did that you know even when you're welding you know we're just putting heat to metal just moves it oh yeah yeah shout out to a couple pro builders here of course we got uh bobby titus in the in the chat there he's hammering down uh star grace is in there uh bs bbq's in there a a rod i always say aaron a a rod gotta say that david's in there uh, let's see who else HDM Paul me and Paul had a good old time a couple weeks ago we went down to the NBBQA um, anyway that's a good time but yeah so uh, let's talk fireboxes real quick that's kind of what we're going to hammer down on a little bit so I've always cheated and just done square but let's talk a little bit about a round one because I get questions every single day and I'm just going to tell you real quick, all I do is I get stuff right. I take a marker and I go, er, and I go in a little bit and I go, er, and I go in a little bit. What do you, do you have any kind of like secret? Got it. That's it. There's no <laughs> it's very hard to do round to round. It's very hard. And people yeah. are, How do you, I said, there's not really a way to do it is we start off with. So if I'm doing like a 250 with the 250 firebox or a 500 with the 250 firebox, I start off with a 24-inch round circle, right? We go from there. Actually, what I do is circle and then the half bottom, we always go straight because that's where I seem to get my gaps always on the bottom. So when I get halfway to the bottom of the circle, I'll go straight across. Then we'll line it up, and then like you said, we'll just run the plasma across until we get it in more, trim it back, just trim little by little until it finally slides in there, and you're good to go. That's yeah. Round fireboxes are the hardest things to do. I think so too. You know, um, I'm blessed with a CAD guy 
that uh, that can kind of marry stuff up if he gets the right data to begin yeah. with on on measurements and stuff. And uh, so, I mean, we could probably like make a template or something, but ultimately it's a little bit of what we used to call cardboard assisted drafting. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you know, too, you know, a lot of these tanks are different. They're all different manufacturers. You got the big bubble tanks, you got the flat, flatter tanks, you got the, the pointier tanks, you know, they're all different manufacturers. So they're never the same. So it's hard to have something that, Oh, I put this up and it's going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. You know? So, you know, a lot of that, you can hide with some welding, um, but you know, it's hard to get those gaps perfect to where you want that perfect fit up. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, rounds is probably the hardest out there to do. A lot of people ask me, and I've noticed some guys, um, what we do is we cut the cook chamber to fit the firebox, not cut the firebox to fit the cook chamber. So I've yep. seen different guys that do that. I, I, to me, that would be harder to try and fit the fire or the cook chamber into the firebox. I just thought I'd be yeah. a little more, you know, so. Yeah. But, yeah. Those are easy. <laughs> those, those are the easiest. Yeah. You but know, I'm, on a thousand gallon, if you do like a, I, so we do a half of a 500 or uh, hemispherical with the deep, the deep head. Like we'll do a half of a 500 mounted up to a thousand gallon. And we will literally just cut a circle, like yeah. a whole circle out. We'll yeah. stab that 500 up on there where we want it. And then we'll wait until it's welded up and cut the inside out. You know, like I've, I've done that a few times uh, and it, it, it's pretty flawless. But when you got like elliptical heads, like it seems like the rules all change. Exactly. <laughs> the shallow ones, you know. Yeah. yeah the shallower ones, that's why I say at the bottom, when you go around to your half your circle, just go straight across. And then eventually just cut it back little by little by little. Cause you just don't want to have a huge gap down there. Cause for then you're trying to fill it in and then you can get, you know, oil leaks right there and all that good stuff. So you really yeah. try to get that bottom fit up to fit right. You know? So, so do you have any secrets for like, okay, so something that we've always been, maybe we're our own worst enemy. This is what I usually say, but like, we want it to be straight, right? We want, we, we don't want anybody to be like, that's crooked. You know, oh. so what we, yeah. So like when you stand back and this is a true story, when you stand back and you look at that round firebox and, and the left side is going like, er, and then you go to the other side, who's doing the same thing. Er, like yeah. that, like, which one do you go with? <laughs> do you oh, go with like the streamline? The straightest. Or do you go, <laughs> huh? Why usually go with the straightest one? <laughs> okay. Looks but then it, but then if it looks crooked, what do you do? <laughs> I'm going to cut it out and start over. I, I, I'm not going to let anything leave my shop that's, you know, crooked like that. Um, we have had a time where we put one in and it just was off. And I'm like, it, it looks off. And, and all my other guys are like, no, it looks good. I'm like, I'm telling you guys, it's off. So then when you put yeah. it on the trailer and you put it next to straight bars that are going straight down the frame rails, then you see that that firebox, you know, that's off. Yeah. So we pulled it out, we cut it out, and we tweaked it just a little more, and that was it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times what I do is I'll run a bar on each side of the cook chamber, and that kind of gives me that straight line that you're looking yeah. for. You know, you can either tack it up or kind of just hold it. And then it's just, you know, a lot of tack, check, look, tack. Because we use a forklift to put our fireboxes on. So we don't have, like, a, a gantry lift or an in-house crane you know, that can hold it up there and you can step back and look. But the forklift's in the way most of the time. 
So what I'll yep. do is I'll, I'll be in the forklift getting it straight, and I'll have a guy stand on top of the smoker and just look straight down the line and can kind of see it better, you know, see where we're at and just tack it in and go from there, you know? Yeah, so so what I've done is, uh, yeah, because when you rotate, it's 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 almost like it's doing this <laughs> around there. So it's like trying to find the sweet spot there yeah. for alignment on your firebox, but also horizontally, the top of the firebox and the top of the cook chamber. You know that can be a challenge as well. Yeah. How do so, you how do you uh, recommend working on that? So this is what we do. Um, I think it all starts. You would know this with the great line. The great line is your. First cut, your first line, tells you where you're going to put your collector. It tells me where I'm going to put my firebox. So what I like to do is the gray line all the way across. I'll run a laser all the way across. I'll run a line all the way across the, the tank, halfway through the tank. And I like to go two inches above that line on my firebox. You know, we've had where we're at that line, where we're below that line. And to me, just two couple inches above it. Um, works out for us, and it just and and also I've noticed that it cooks a little faster and it draws a little better to me. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. That's where we start. So the top of that firebox will be about two inches above my grate line. Mm-hmm. So that's where, about where I put it, and then from there, you know, we just trim it to fit it and get it all in there. So and it looks yeah. good. Do that. And and you set it really fast. A laser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. the trick, man. Yeah, uh, laser level. That's that thirty dollars on and a little fifteen dollar uh, tripod, and it'll be your best friend. You know. Yeah. It's got to work a little bit, but it's okay. Yeah, the cross the cross laser is my favorite because, like, if you go get like the one from Bosch or or Bauer, yeah, um, from Harbor Freight or something like that, it's going to be within a sixteenth. I mean, six like, what do you think? Let's ask that. Like for tolerance, what do, what do you guys go with? Sixteenth, eighth inch, about sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, plus minus, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, what we do is we'll take that laser, we'll set it where it's above the top of the cook chamber, okay. and then we'll take a tape measure and we'll we'll hit and we'll see what the measure says, and then we'll hit again, and okay. then we'll hit again. We'll make sure that first off, our cook chamber is level. Yeah, exactly. And even when it's level, sometimes the top of the tank can kind of do like a dip in the middle. It just depends on how they built that tank and where the bums are, huh? Have you ran into that? Yeah, so what I do is I'll get a five-foot level, and I'll put – let me – got to plug my floor in real quick, so I'm going to move locations. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. You're good. Is that light going to mess you up? Let me see. Yeah, you're good. So what I do, um, <laughs> teasing the California guys, it's not five o'clock there yet. Yeah, I can't. I thought I had my phone charging today. Oh, you're good. Yeah, so what was the question again? I'm sorry. No, we was just talking about like, have you ever ran into like the thousand gallon tank or a five hundred where it dips down in the middle where the where the bungs are? So yeah. you're sitting there with a level trying to get it level and it won't. Like if you knock this, it's down and it's down and it's down. And then you take a string if you don't have a laser, like you're you're like we used to say, don't even use an actual level anymore. Yeah. Like let's use a laser. 
<laughs> because yeah, we can so, see what's so, happening. So what I do is we'll, we'll bring the tank in and make sure it's level on this thing. Because, so what we do is I'll get like a two by two, I mean, a piece of piece of scrap, two, two, two by twos, and I'll put it at the far end of each tank. And then I'll get a six foot level and then set that on top. Because I know there that you go. Probably, it's probably going to be nice and straight. So we do that. Make sure the, the tank's level first, and then I'll run my laser and make sure. That's you a know, great idea. You know, that's what we yeah. do. That's what we do. Yeah, I, that's a great idea. And the way you learn is by messing up, right? So yep. I've had that happen to me, and I'm like, what happened? The great line's off. Everything's off because the tank was not level in the first place. And what it was, it was dipping in the middle. Well, actually, what it was, too, is my level was not right. So I had to snap that thing in half and throw in the trash. And then I'm like, <laughs> yep. the level. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, we've had that happen, too, before. So as far as, like, uh, getting – so fireboxes, yeah, that's what I do is I try to hit and see – where the high spot is on the tank, get it level. But I like your idea with the pieces of two by two and the level as well. Yeah. Once we get that established, we move on to the firebox. And then at that point, we do use a gantry. Like I've always used forklifts when it, it was just me. I've always used forklifts. Yeah. And, then, and then one day, you know, Tom bought a gantry and I was like, this is the deal right here. Because like now we got – it ain't moving around. The exactly. cylinder ain't bleeding off. Yeah. And and so we can hold that thing where we want it. And then we just sit there and tweak that firebox and get it where we like it. And then we just run the marker around. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, 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 I hate using the forklift, but unfortunately my shop's not the biggest shop. So yeah, I have to be able to move. So, I mean, Gantry, I could probably do it now because I end up running the shop next door to me. Um, just mm -hmm. so we have that extra room, you know. Um, so yeah, it's hard with the forklift, especially when you back out, and then if you do go off from the soft to the asphalt, it's kind of a little rocky, and then your your firebox twists it on you, and you got to double check that again. So it's always constantly checking and checking, making sure everything's mm -hmm. square, making sure the door's square and whatnot. So, so on a square firebox, um, we've already let the cat out of the bag. The the easy answer is that that laser level to run around the head you know yes. is that how you guys do that just use a laser level yeah exactly it's the same process like i'll go up the gray line but i'll go two inches above that and then we'll run the level all the way across so then you just cut literally straight across and then underneath like a little smiley face pretty much and yep. if you build that square firebox it just usually just slides right in you know so yep. that's that's a lot easier on my part but mm -hmm. then you have to think about that you do have to build the box still. So you have to weld it all up and do all that. So then you're putting labor and time into the box. So where is it really saving you that time? You know, maybe the headache of trying to fit the two round tanks together. That's mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. 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 You know, that's a good point is, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, there, there's really not a difference in performance between a round and a square firebox. I mean, in, in my opinion, do you see that yeah. one performs better than the other? To me, I don't know. I feel like even when I do square fireboxes, I still do a round insert no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, then that becomes a semi-insulated firebox. Um, so that means an uh, air gap between the two different materials, the two walls. Um, mm -hmm. I feel because the firebox is round on the inside, you get that airflow underneath your firebox, and it starts to get that tunnel spinning effect. 
So if it's already round, it's already going to start spinning, and it's going to spin into the cook chamber and then spin out your stack. And that's why we're not running square stacks, because then you're going to start to just bounce around, the smoke will bounce around in there. So when you run the... So, yeah, keep, go keep going. So when you, to me, in theory, I think when you run that round to round, it's just going to keep going round to round to round, pretty much. It's just going to keep spinning out and go out. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've seen square fireboxes work. Everything, I mean, everything works, but I just, to me, it just seems like it works a little bit better. You know, I, I really don't know why I've always been a square firebox guy. I just, yeah. I always have. I don't know why, but um, I, I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I can't answer that question. I've just always done square fireboxes, you know, but uh, yeah, I can totally see your point. Do you use yeah. a, uh, 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 air inlet of any kind on your pits? Oh uh, yeah. So that's, that is an, uh, an upgrade that we do. It's like a valve, like a block, like, I mean, like a, a vent that we do on our door. Pretty much. So what I'll do is I'll run the same size diameter stack or tube that I put on the stack side. So say I'm running a six inch stack. I'll use that same stack, same size tube diameter on my door, my firebox. And then we do a little dampener plate on the inside of the little valve to go back and forth. Um, that's an option or an upgrade that we do. Or a lot of guys just run with the door, you know, crack the door and kind of set the door where you want. That works very well also. Yeah, yeah. So what you said a minute ago about, uh, you know, the labor in the firebox and getting all that built up and all of that stuff, yeah. if you're in production, completely makes sense to, yeah. to do a round, especially if if you're trying to make money building pits. You know, you can yeah. uh, get or you, you don't have to buy them. I mean, nowadays, you don't have to spend 600 or $800 on a sheet of five by 10 quarter. <laughs> so, yeah, ridiculous. And now here it's even worse. You know, I used to pay uh, $45 for a four by eight piece of expanded metal, three quarter number nine. Now it's like 120 for one sheet. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And, and we were always buying big sheets and we were paying 27 bucks back in the day <laughs> for a big sheet and uh, three quarter number nine and freaking not no more. It's like yeah. a big sheet's like 130, you know, yeah, it's ridiculous minimum. Yeah. So you know, also too, like with round, it is good to use round. You know, it saves you time and labor. But think about it: if you have to travel to Fresno, you lost ten hours to go get one tank. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it has its pros and cons. To be honest, I build the firebox that the customer wants. If they want a round, I build a round. If they want a square, I build a square. Either way, they still have some kind of round insert in there, though. I'll never mm -hmm. just build a square with nothing inside. I just feel like yeah. you don't need that much volume. You know, you're just going to have a bigger fire. Um, if you keep it more compact, you'll have a, a nice flow and a nice hot fire that can stay real hot. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, see, our, our old school math says 30%. And so on a 1,000 gallon, we're building a firebox that's like 40 by 44 by like 40 inches tall. I mean, it's <laughs> massive. And we yeah. build them still that way today. I mean, you know, we just look so for better deals on plate. You just build the whole box and you don't semi fully insulated or anything like that? Or what do you guys? We, we do double wall quarter okay. insulated. Yeah. So we we throw, throw it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money, man. For Yeah. yeah a lot of money, a lot of welding. Um, I've, I just, man, I don't know. I, I don't insulate the entire thing, though. I only do the sides and the top that's the only thing i really insulate the yeah. bottom and the door like we like paul shirley we'll have him on here 
uh, in a couple of weeks, he's coming up to the welding class and we're going to do it in person. But um, me and Paul go way back building everything square. He still builds everything pretty much square yeah. up until recent. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, he had doors twisting on, on some of his older pits when they were fully insulated just because there was no heat or rejection. There was no sweat. We couldn't get rid of the heat. And I, I had a couple like that. I had one Tom and I built, we had to go in there and freaking cut that thing down. The customer was standing there. We had to cut it up and like put a big truss in it, you know, because he overfired it, you know, uh, and uh, it's not a big deal, but square can move. <laughs> Round yeah. does not tend to move as much. Yeah, you know, know I've had that problem to where I just like had to cut out a firebox that was tweaked or so much heat. Like I don't know, I've just never had that. You know, and the way we do it. So what I'll do too is a lot of times for like a 500 gallon, we'll run a 250, uh, but then I'll do a 24 inch sleeve on the inside. Um, so I'll use like a 150, and I'll cut that up and I'll and I'll slide that in. So then I'm you know, using all propane tanks just to save money. Out here to buy pipe, it's 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 ridiculous to buy pipe out here. It's very expensive. So, yeah, I bet it is. Uh, down down here, I can't even remember what we're paying now. It's like for a stick of twenty four inch, like uh, five sixteenths or quarter wall. Uh, I think we're like, um, I want to say, uh, I don't know, thirty forty dollars a foot, something yeah, like that for pipe. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. But for here, it's it's like it's always been a lot cheaper than that. Then this is seconds. This is not prime. This yeah. is like this was an old billboard that the guy cut down and had a twenty four inch stick of pipe. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, so so prime will be a lot more than that. That we've just never bought prime. You know, on anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, start getting into more pipe smokers, um, just to eliminate eliminate that smell and that. I feel like pipe smokers, like if I had all my pieces cut done, I could knock one out in a day and a half, you know, just because it's so much it's less things you got to worry about. Like with ours, we'll cut off all the valves, we'll cut off all the feet, we'll cut off the hooks when we're done, you know, when we don't need to put on a trailer or nothing. So almost trying to not make it look so much like a propane tank, more of like a cooker than anything. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of that, I'll leave the valves on, I'll leave the feet on. I just like to get rid of that, you know, make it look cleaner, more simple and you know, more, more, a lot more cleaner, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on that subject, like when you're marrying up a firebox on a piece of pipe, like a pipe cook chamber and a pipe firebox, you know, whichever my hands is doing, yeah. um, they, uh, they, they marry up very fast. Very, you know, because you got the, you got the eyeball and it's just a matter of making those corners line up. Yep. Tack it, weld it, you know, everything's flat. Um, yeah. and pipe, to my experience, pipe doesn't warp as bad because it's built different. It's made different than rolling a tank in yeah. a slip roll. You know, um, we were actually this one cooker project I've been working on. It's a production model offset. And, uh, and that, um, that uh, pipe, you know, you can actually, there's places I can't remember pipe profilers is what it's called. So okay. you can find a, a guy that's got a uh, pipe profiling machine and it'll do up to like some of them will do 48 inch pipe. Oh, they wow. stick it in there and it's a plasma head and you can have them cut your door and leave it tapped in or cut it out completely, whatever. And that door doesn't spring. As long as you keep the piece of door matched up to the piece of cook chamber, yeah. um, you know, when they make it, you can have them just cutting those things out like crazy. 
And wow. uh, then it's a matter of just slapping it together. I mean, I was I was gonna go that way, but I couldn't get enough pipe to yeah. supply the the flow. You know, is why I yeah. did. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing is 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 trying to find the pipe. If I can get my hands on a bunch of pipe, I'm gonna move the pipe. <laughs> but it's like it's hard to get, you know. And the shitty thing is, literally a block away from there, I have all state pipe. They have every single size pipe they have there. I went in there, tried talking to them, like we don't sell to. We sell big bulks to companies. Sorry, we don't sell a stick at a time. Forty footers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, bring a forty footer. I'll cut that shit up. I don't care. <laughs> Gator yeah. pits did it for years, man. Gator pits out of Texas, Houston, Texas. Yeah, Rich, Rich would buy a, tra- a trailer load of twenty-four inch pipe, and they'd sit out there and cut it in the parking lot on casters, roll the yeah, pipe just, on casters. It's just to me, like I'm in this to make money and to to. To build cool pits and mm-hmm. I gotta figure out where I can save time and money and a lot of it's cutting and grinding and cleaning these pits. That's the biggest thing. Getting the smell out. Um these propane yep. things. Um, that's the biggest like it takes a week just to get a take prepped ready to start cutting. You know? Oh yeah. And then it's hard to keep guys that can actually hold the grinder for nine hours a day. It's just it's hard to keep <laughs> down, you know. And then if I gotta do it myself, it's like, why do I need those guys around? So it's just, yep, it's, it's that's right. Hard. You know how it is. Try to take a few questions here. Let's see. Uh, Daniel Harmon says, "Just trying to start out. I love to weld and create. Keep it up, brother. That's important. That's why we do it." Aaron here. He says, "Seems effective to use the round for his next bit." I bet he'll be building his next pit in near proximity to me. News coming soon. Um, here we go. Daniel Harmon's looking for old broken air compressors for his heat source. I think he means firebox. Good idea. Just starting out. What do you think about air compressor tanks? Have you ever built one? Yes. Uh, the older ones in the fifties and the sixties. Amazing because they're a quarter inch. Um, but if you do one that you just bought from, a guy off Craigslist that you know a husky one, don't use those. They're very thin, especially mm-hmm. for a box. Um, you at least always want to be at least quarter or three six, at least quarter uh, on your fireboxes. You know, um, yeah. But I've used a couple. I'm not gonna lie, I have, but they've always been super thick. Like I always check the shell, the shell thickness on the tag before I even go into it. And it worth it to me. But uh, yeah, I've done a couple uh, old air tanks. Um, the tanks have usually been from the 50s, so they're nice. Back then when metal wasn't that expensive, uh, they're nice and thick and good to go. The problem with the air tanks I see is you got a lot more valves, a lot more like plates that are welded. The feet are usually massive on it. So to, yeah. to the air tank and cut everything off, it might take a guy a day, a day and a half, one of my guys to do that, you know? So, yeah, clean it all up and stuff. Yep, yep, for sure. Let's see. Here we go. David's talking about porta powers. Uh, porta powers are a must build anything. All you need to do is uh, cut the hooks off the screw style binders and track tack them to whatever you can. Yeah, those those are uh, really cool. I did actually see. Uh, I think Tom bought bought the hook part for the porta power. That's a game changer right there for hooking stuff. I never one for my smokers. I should probably get one. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I just get the Harbor Freight one. It's like 160 bucks. It's the yeah. best. Here's another from David. He's uh, taped flat 
uh, soapstone to a yardstick. That's a pretty good idea right there. And hold the yardstick flat to the firebox. You can just kind of run it around it. That's a pretty good idea. So you stay good and true to yep. that. Uh, yeah, uh, here's another one. This is true. <laughs> being a perfectionist is a pain in the ass for being a part of smoker builder. I yes, agree with that. Yes, it is. Our <laughs> worst enemies. <laughs> I'll, I'll do something. Uh, like, uh, stay there, stand there, stare at it, stare at it, and be like, that's all right. It's okay. And then about 4 3, like, nope, let's cut it out. It's not good. <laughs> you know, you try to, yep. try to let that go and say, yeah, it's good, but. Yeah, we're for, a lot of guys are perfectionists and stuff. So, oh yeah, here we go. Wants to know where to find John. It just kind of depends on where you're from, where to find a pipe or a piece of tank. And I, I think you hit on it earlier, Shane. You was talking about like, you know, what was all those sources you was talking about looking at, like uh, all them Craigslist kind of places. Yeah, Craigslist, Offer Up, uh, Facebook Marketplace is a big one. Um, and then you can even try calling all your local propane yards. California, they'll pay too much. SoCal, they'll tell you to screw off. Because what they're thinking is that we're going to grab these tanks and try and use them. I said, look, man, I'm cutting this thing up. I don't care if it leaks on the corners of the valve. I'm here to cut this thing in half. So, and yeah. a lot of them just, nope, sorry, we can't sell to you, can't sell to you. So, it's just, it's 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 a job in itself. I mean, I've driven... I've driven to, like I said, up north a lot. That's a 10-hour drive. Uh, Rimming, Nevada, um, Sacramento, um, I mean, everywhere, all over SoCal, uh, places that I didn't even know existed in California, middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. you know, grabbing tanks. So it's it's a job itself. Went to, like I said, that one trip me and my cousin did, went to Phoenix, and we picked up 24 tanks. And um, oh, yeah. got a deal on them that I don't even want to say, but – we got a cure deal on them, so we jumped in the trucks and we went. So I had to go get them, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the luck That's... of the draw, too. I mean, now that I'll, oh, guys yeah. I'll get guys pulling up to my shop saying, hey, you want to buy this tank? I was like, yeah, let's take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's kind of got it for the for the questions. Yeah, David's tuning in here. He says quarter. Uh, he doesn't like to use anything less than uh, five sixteenths. Yeah. Uh oh. There you That's go. You, BS. He's he's from Phoenix. He's like, what's up, dude? Where's it at? <laughs> so. They're all gone. I took them off. I took them yeah. off. It was uh, literally uh, one of my customers had met a guy at a barbecue thing. He's like, yeah, I work at a propane yard. And my customer said, yeah, he's he's got some tanks. Um, and they're mm -hmm. wanting And I took everything he had. So yeah, I actually called him like a month ago. I said, hey man, you got any more tanks? And he goes, right now we're out. We don't have anything right now. No scrap tanks. So, um, yeah, he's pretty much out. It was in Phoenix area. Yeah. Yeah, I know in, in Missouri, the best way to do it in here is to actually just get to know the service uh, tech for the for the uh, propane company, not the delivery guy, but yeah. the service tech, the guy that goes out and replaces regulators and works on furnaces because he's the guy that's got to go set the tank. Exactly. And uh, what he'll do is is he'll wind up swapping one out in an old lady's yard that's a privately owned tank for a new yeah. tank. And uh, because her, her tank wasn't no good, well, he don't have nothing to do with it. They, they're they just going to stick it back in the yard because it ain't no good, you know. So if you can get to know the service guy, bring those guys donuts is what I always say. Yep. Do something to get on their good side. One of these days, they'll have a tank for you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we've yeah, actually had them just drop them off behind the shop, you know. That's awesome. And when that happens, you're like, oh, wow, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, Shane, how can people get a hold of you? I know there's a lot of guys in here that are builders, but there are people that watch this show that are, like, on the fence. They're not really sure they want to build a pit, and they kind of are looking for somebody just to get that first one for them. And in case somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can uh, go to our Instagram is one way is uh, SG Metalworks uh, at uh, sorry at Instagram, and then we also is SG Metalworks dot info at Gmail. You can go there or uh, our website uh, SG dot com, and you can just yeah go in there and uh, you know send an email through there and it goes directly to us. That's awesome. And uh, you're based until again where you're based out of. In we are in Rialto, California. We're about an hour outside of LA. Hour outside of LA. Cool. Uh, if you ever hour away from Bobby Titus too, my boy. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Titus is down in there. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, um, for people that come to the website, a lot of times they want to buy plans, but they ain't going to build it themselves. A lot of those guys are going to find a builder to build it for them. You yeah. know, and uh, so if there's any of those guys watching this show, you know, feel free to reach out to any of these guys that yeah. are on any of these shows because they're all class A builders. You know, they do a great job and I uh, don't think you'll be disappointed. What's your lead time right now? This is, of course, uh, April 2022. What's your lead time right now? Uh, to about October. October. Cool. Yeah. <coughs> and I was watching. You know, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was watching. Uh, one of your podcasts is with uh, Backline, the guy from Backline Fab, and uh, you guys yeah. were talking about the lead time thing, like, and uh, <laughs> falling behind, and you know, and that kind of stuff. You know, that's how it was in the beginning. I was really, I was behind like three, four, about five months, and as you know, like Backline would say, it's just that's the biggest thing is trying to tell a guy I just gave you ten grand that you're gonna be another six months out. You know, so it's just it's. We're pretty caught up now. We got a good rhythm going, and that's why I'm always trying to find ways to save time and money, and without cutting corners, you know, without yep. trying to cut corners in the in the worst way. But um, yeah. So right now we're on track. We're actually, knock on wood, uh, we're actually ahead of the game. We're actually two months ahead. So wow, we October, but you know, stuff could happen. You know, I had a baby at the beginning of the year. I had a lot of stuff going on at the beginning of this year. So um, things do happen. Thank you very much. She trained three months yesterday. So awesome. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That I mean, the pit building business kind of gets in the way of family sometimes because you do, yeah. you get up against a wall with some deadlines and stuff. Okay. And and it can be tough, but it is it is an enjoyable industry. And yes. I love being around all the like freaking going to NBBQA and like I was. I had beers with Meathead freaking Goldwyn, man. We yeah. we sat there and talked. I talked to him quite a bit, you know, and and uh, like he's a guy that like basically made the barbecue internet what it is today. And yeah. and uh, it's just really cool the kind of proximity you can get from being in this industry and who yeah. you can get to know. And uh, I feel honored to be a part of it. Yeah, and Shana, it's crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's just, it's crazy how much it's blowing up in California. Um, you know, this is a it's a Texas style smoker. Um, that a lot of guys, you know, offset smokers, but it's just blowing up out here. And it's like me, Bob, a lot of these guys out here, we're we're swamped, you know. We we can't keep up. And it's just it's a it's a blessing and it's it's just amazing how it's blowing up out here. 
Oh, absolutely. And and the only thing that stands well, see, you kind of got to tune attention. That's the thing. People get to know who you are. You got to yeah. tune that to how many pits you can build. Because <laughs> so, if you get too much attention, then everybody wants a pit. Then you wind up yeah. being Sonny Moberg. <laughs> so buy semi loads of pits, and you got to flow that many pits. That's the crazy yeah. thing. Yeah, like he's an operation. And what is he like? So, two, three years out, probably. Yeah, that's it's insane. Like that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's and there is enough work, I think, in this industry that you could literally focus on one size, one yes, cooker, exactly. and never exactly. run out of work. Exactly. Yeah. And that's you what know. that's what I I wish that I get along with a lot of builders, and there's some of these builders that just feel like you're stealing their work. Like, look, man, there's a lot of work out here. You know, <laughs> you're booked for two more years. You're booked for a year. I'm booked for a year. We're all booked for years. So why is it there's such a big competition and building these pits? Like, and that's why me, Bobby, and Kenny, we all work with each other. We try to yeah. he helps me get parts. I help him get stuff. I help him get tanks. I take him my yard right now that Bobby hasn't picked up yet. You know, but that's so Bobby needs right to get up there and pick it up. He's probably thinking right now, I forgot I had that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, I went up to Fresno and I picked him up like a little 120 that he needed. So we help each other out. You know, we're not it's it's a competition, but it's not a competition in a way. Yeah. You know, we all want to succeed. We all want to do good. And like Bobby was saying, that's why I helped Bobby out in the beginning. I saw the potential that this this that he had that he could weld, fabricate. I tried to hire him to be honest. And then he kind of wanted to do the same thing. I did. I said he came to my shop and I said. What's it going to take, bro? Like, I want you to work for me. You're a good welder. <laughs> and he was about to, and then he kind of just did his own thing, and I'm proud that he did his own thing because look at him now. He's, he's doing great. He's doing really yeah. good. That's so, awesome. Shout out so to cool. Bobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Shade, I appreciate you, brother. And guys, like I say, if you're in California or who cares where you're at, if you want a pit and you want one of Shane's pits, give him a shout. Go back and listen to where you can get a hold of him. He's a killer dude. So, Anyway, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Yep. And uh, I'm excited for next week already. I don't know who I'm going to have on. I don't have anybody lined up yet. We'll see what happens. Hit up Kenny, our buddy Kenny. Yeah, I need to do Kenny. That's right. I'll he's hit him up. up. He's uh, He went to Phoenix today. So Phoenix from us is about six, seven hours to drop him off a pit. So uh, yeah. he's probably heading back his way this, this weekend. So. See, the problem is it's not 5 o'clock where you're at when we start. Everybody's, like, busy at 3 o'clock yeah. in California. I'm going to have to do a few shows that are a little bit later than yeah. 5, I think. Exactly. Yeah, to get to take care of the California dudes. So, anyway, I appreciate you, brother. And uh, we'll see you on the Instagrams. <laughs> right. See ya. Later.